0: Welcome to The Excellent Fiduciary, a podcast from Roland Chris, where we explore what it takes to meet and exceed the demands of managing an employee benefit plan in today's complex market. From regulatory developments to fiduciary news and practical tips, tune in to The Excellent Fiduciary for your step-by-step guide in achieving compliance and confidence in a new fiduciary era. Now, let's begin today's show with an introduction from our Roland Chris host. Whether it's called an Employee Benefit Plan Committee, Investment Committee, Retirement Plan Committee, or some variant of those names, the governing body for programs organized under the Employee Retirement Income Security Act is a fiduciary committee. During the past five years, our nation's retirement plan sector has undergone a, a tremendous increase in size and complexity causing a sea change in governance. Today's standard of performance expected of fiduciary committees is a lot higher than it once was, yet many members of those committees don't yet possess a clear understanding of their role and jeopardize the safety of their plans and their employers' reputations. We'll discuss the causes and implications of this sea change in retirement plan governance and present four success factors that fiduciary committees can apply to improve their performance. Hi, I'm Ron Hagan, and it's my pleasure to host this episode of the Excellent Fiduciary Podcast. I'm chairman of the Risk Standards Committee at Roland Chris. We are a risk advisor to employers that sponsor employee benefit plans, including retirement, pension, welfare, and health plans. In this episode, we're diving into the, uh, the dramatic changes in the regulatory arena and the external environment that have shaken up the traditional way fiduciary committees operate. We don't want to overlook the fact that the U.S. civil law imputes the severest level of potential liability on people who are fiduciaries. Uh, That's because they've been placed in a position of effectively blind trust. So, for that reason, decisions made in a committee room have personal risk implications for all the members your employer cannot indemnify you from the legal exposure that the role of a committee member creates. If a lawsuit alleges that your organization breached its fiduciary duty, one or more fiduciary committee members will likely become defendants. And if caught in that kind of a situation, an employer's lawyer can't represent the members and each one of them will have to get their own lawyer. So that's something very important to consider when taking on the role of an ERISA plan fiduciary. The skills needed to serve safely and competently as a fiduciary under ERISA are not intuitive. They're acquired. Yet most individuals who populate ERISA plan committees have little fiduciary training and most have no training at all. That allows service providers whose marketing strategies often conflict with a committee's duty to have an improper effect on ERISA committee's evaluation and decision-making practices. Vendors have the legal freedom and an economic incentive to distort outcomes in their own favor, and sadly, many do so. Scores of employers and employee benefit plan managers are learning the hard way the truthfulness of that as an alarming pace of class action lawsuits against them, not the vendors continues to unfold. So the traits of an excellent fiduciary develop from two categories of skills or disciplines and we're going to refer to them as process management skills and technical skills. Let's first of all talk about process skills. The standard by which the U.S. Department of Labor, the IRS, and the courts, Determine if an employer and its fiduciaries conducted themselves appropriately is abundantly clear. That standard concerns a committee's process for managing its ERISA plans. ERISA's demand for process quality isn't unique. Uh, For example, thousands of businesses that rely on suppliers for critical products and services require certain subcontractors to show certification with ISO 9001. That's an international quality management standard. Now, unfortunately, no certification exists that proves an employer's performance to a RISA standard. So that leaves committees not knowing if their management methods are appropriate, finding out only in a courtroom or after a regulator has found them in violation of their duty. And it's easy for committees to focus on the results of decisions. Investments are a good example. Many committee Uh, members concentrate a significant amount of time discussing the performance of the funds among their plan's investment options, falsely believing that their job is to pick winners. While at the same time, they overlook the excessive fees charged by some of the investment fund managers in their lineups. Proving the consequences of investment decisions emerged from a carefully considered procedure Is far more important for the fiduciary than the outcomes. The only safe haven for a fiduciary is a comprehensive quality management process covering the entire scope of disciplines embedded in ERISA's fiduciary standards of care. Now, the process standard of care enforced by the U.S. Department of Labor touches four areas of committee oversight they are governance, administration, Investments and controls. Be sure your committee follows a meeting-to-meeting evaluation of each of those areas. If you'd like to know how to construct a compliant process in that regard, you can send me an email at the excellent fiduciary at rolandchris.com, and I will send you an outline. Okay, well, we've discussed briefly the Department of Labor's process management skill requirements. Let's dive into the technical skills required to meet the radical changes confronting executives who manage employee benefit plans. The DOL has stated that the primary responsibility of fiduciaries is to run the plan solely in the interest of participants and beneficiaries and provide benefits and pay plan expenses. Simple enough, just a one sentence description of fiduciary duty. Now in order to fulfill that mandate, Fiduciary committees need to change the way they've handled three categories of risk and they need to add the capability to address a fourth one that has exploded on our scene just in recent months. So let's start with three topics that we consider traditional. The first of those is the employee benefit plan rules and policies category, or what some refer to as the governance activities of an employee benefit plan. We find that a significant percentage of the fines leveled against employers for violations of their fiduciary duty stems from a lack of compliance with a plan's governance documents. Uh, these include the plan document, uh, investment policy statement, and other uh, documents. Cybersecurity would be one in the new era that becomes uh, a policy that uh, is worthy of consideration. Some knowledge of the specifics of these policies is essential and non-compliance can be subtle. Here's an example. Payroll deficiencies can wreak havoc on a retirement plan when managers ignore a plan's definition of compensation and the years of service rules. So there's the correlation between A breakdown in an understanding or a misunderstanding of a plan's governance policy and the oversight process which frankly in the area of these kinds of administration and operational issues rarely uh, bubble up to uh, committee level, but they should. A second area that we need to have capability, technical capability to service properly has to do with service providers fees. Compensation structures vary among service providers. Record keepers, investment advisors, custodians have different ways of charging for their services. And in some cases, they do so subtly, leading some employees and some plan sponsors to think that a retirement plan is virtually free. Well, these, co- these compensation structures are complex and requiring... Continued analysis and adjustments to ensure that the fees are reasonable. Confirmation that compensation paid to investors, uh, to, to, to vendors, aligns with the terms of their service agreements requires competency in the methods vendors use to generate their revenues. So, in order to determine whether fees are reasonable for any level of service for which a fiduciary committee is approving that participants pay, requires a clear understanding of how those vendors uh, generate their income. And then the third area that is somewhat traditional but needs to uh, have a significant upgrade in fiduciary technical capability is the area of investments. ERISA defines the requirements for managing a qualified plan's investments uh, concisely. It says... Fiduciaries must act prudently and diversify the plan's investments to minimize the risk of significant losses. Well, most fiduciary committee members are not investment experts, let's face it, but they nevertheless are tasked with managing their plan's investments. And as a result, it's typical for a committee to delegate some of its investment authority to a third-party registered investment advisor. Now, anticipating that, ERISA not only allows that kind of delegation, but it insists on it. It's called the prudent expert principle. Now, even though a committee may hire an investment professional, significant knowledge about investment securities and the accompanying jargon form the skills needed to maintain tight reins on an advisor's recommendation and conduct. Other committees don't use a registered investment advisor. Instead, they go it alone, banking on their knowledge of the securities markets and how to construct and manage complex investment lineups. Uh, Many in this group rely on a non-fiduciary advisor like a securities broker or insurance agent to validate their decisions. Frankly, going it alone or depending on a broker is very risky in light of how fiduciary risk has elevated over the past couple of years. Now, a fourth area that we're going to need some capability and technical skill improvement is in the area of cybersecurity. This is an area that for retirement plans often falls outside the scope of cybersecurity planning for the enterprise at large. That must change. Fiduciary committees tend to underestimate right now the legal burden that the Department of Labor imposes on employee benefit plan managers. Many human resources executives and finance leaders think of cybersecurity as an IT issue. Well, in the current environment, that's far from the truth. Regulatory audits by the DOL reveal it expects fiduciary committees to have an advanced awareness of the cybersecurity landscape and implement a sophisticated control process that coordinates with their information technology managers. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to emphasize the importance of obtaining proper guidance for upgrading fiduciary committee behaviors. The lawsuits enveloping the retirement plan community give us a great model that employers and employee benefit plan managers uh, should be observing in order to provide uh, the changes and, and motivate us for the changes that are needed. These, these activities by the Plaintiff Bar Uh, by the federal regulators provide abundant evidence that record keepers and investment advisors need to be kept in their respective servicing silos and they need to be monitored without conflict or bias. Settlements in cases involving excessive record-keeping fees now exceed one billion dollars, that billion with a B. It's critical to note that employers, not uh, record-keeping firms, paid those settlements. Now, many investment advisors hold themselves to be experts in everything fiduciary, as some like to say. An examination of the typical investment firm's business model finds that they spend little time learning the intricacies of plan operations. They offer little guidance in developing internal controls for their clients, evidenced by the control deficiencies uncovered during annual CPA audits. They lack knowledge in how to implement answers to ERISA's cybersecurity rules but they spend the bulk of their time tracking investment securities markets as they should. That's what we pay them to do, and that is the silo in which they should be kept. An advisor with a different perspective and skill sets is needed to bring about the upgrades in fiduciary committee behaviors that regulatory, legal, and employee-related events are demanding. It's the ERISA Risk Advisor. Now, whatever approach you take, you should consider upgrading your corporate and personal risk status, to align with the changes that are taking place right before us uh, in the current market situation. Well, you may contact me with any questions about today's talking points, and uh, you can do that by sending me an email at excellentfiduciary at rolandchrist.com. Our website, rolandchrist.com, has resources about the role and duties of fiduciaries who serve employee benefit plans qualified under the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. Well, I hope you'll join us next time, and until then, have a great day.